it's that's done. really a, like a, a North American thing, man. We like our pets more than we like people. It's very yeah. Odd. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy, but it's so true. You see a, yeah, you see a but, person, uh, you're like, hey, and I see their dog, I'm like, oh my God, hi, like, come over. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Refined Real Estate Podcast. My name's Ian Armour and I'm joined with my co-hosts Janelle and Manny. We are real estate investors in Halifax. We've done burrs, we've done flips, we've done a whole bunch of stuff and yeah, we've got about we've done about 60 units or so both sides of the border and we're students of the real estate game and looking to continue our quest for knowledge and in so helping you guys as well gain a greater understanding of the real estate game so that's where we're at while you're listening please like and subscribe we would like to grow this channel so we can um, spread our words to even more people so for today what we're going to do is we're going to continue the mini series on how to buy an income property so what we did, uh, we started that in episode 14 when we went over some things to consider. Then I'll take you back to episode 3 and episode 13 for deal finding. Then for financing, we had Blake Wilson on and that was episode 15. For some raising private money, things to consider there, that was episode 9. And analyzing deals was episode 7. So if you want to go back and uh, those those are some of the first things to consider and first things to wrap your head around. But uh, we're going to fast forward a little bit here and we're going to go right to day one. You've just purchased your income property and here are some things to consider. So before we get into that, we would like to go over what's going on in the news. And I think uh, if you're from Halifax or you know anyone from Halifax, pretty much everyone's talking about the same thing. And that is the wildfire. So um, yeah, yeah, Annie, crazy. Janelle, you guys want to go over how how that's going in your life? Yeah, Man, it's been pretty rough. My, my in-laws have been evacuated. Luckily, their house as of now, it's still fine. But I have I have coworkers and I have other friends whose houses were right right in the the heart of the fire and God knows what condition they're in right now. I think I saw a stat, Ian. You said yesterday some two hundred houses have been damaged. Whether that be you know, totally burnt to a crisp no. or just two fifty now. Damn, <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. It's this is the most devastating fire you know since i think there was one back in 2009 but it was pretty isolated in the woods it wasn't like within a subdivision or multiple communities so it's pretty pretty sad to see yeah are your in-laws staying with no, you and when, when no they're staying with my brother-in-law which he's just a little closer to them yeah mm-hmm. no i was gonna say um our u.s partner thomas he's from california and he's used to all these wildfires and he's like i didn't know you guys got fires and i said that's because we don't <laughs> but we don't. uh this just seems to be the year for it so like here obviously the devastation that's going on really close to home but like that's not even the biggest fire the one down in no. shelburne is like in like i i don't even know the scale of it but it's much bigger and is it really crazier so oh it's way bigger yeah yeah that's crazy. So it's just this one's obviously getting all the news and attention because there's a lot more homes. But the other one, like in terms of hectares being burnt, I, I don't quote me on this, but I'd say it's probably close to double. Crazy. But no homes. It's, yeah, it's no, really isolated very in the woods. Few. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And like, yeah. I know a lot of people from OS might be like, oh, no, like it's not a bad fire at all. Like, one thing that I've kind of noticed is that, like, in an area like this, 
since we don't get fires, like we're just not near as like equipped to deal with it. And like people, I know a lot of people who used to go to BC to work like as a firefighter and like that was their thing for like the summer or whatever. So like they're a lot more equipped and like they have a lot more like bomber planes and stuff like that. But like I know that ours, they had to bring it all the way from Newfoundland. Like they flew the plane all the oh, way yeah. here. So that's pretty crazy. That's... I'm getting calls and like seeing posts from people who have like lost their homes. I've spoken to a couple people now. And I'm like, I'm first of all, like, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's awful. I'm like, so like your house, like proper, like burnt down. They're like, yeah, it's gone. I'm like, I can't even imagine. So I just feel so, so, so bad for those people. They had like no time to leave. Like it was only like 15, 20 minute warming, warning of that. But yeah, so like hopefully they'll get all those people settled the people who need like that year to rebuild or whatever happens like with insurance and all that stuff but um, i i really really wonder what the province would have done if airbnbs weren't still in halifax like i I genuinely say that because i know a lot of people who have airbnbs right now and they're canceling their bookings to free it up like long term to get people in there so i don't know it's yeah i mean it's a great it's a great thing because it's like you have a family of four like you don't want to live in a hotel for a year Yep. And I, you can put me in that category. I've got guests uh, or I've got people that were in the fire or evacuated from the fires currently staying in my Airbnbs and I'm happy to host them. And it was like, it was literally like, and I've, I've got one that's like a particularly sad story. They, um, they, they asked if they could move into my place and bring their dog, their elderly dog. And the dog was so stressed out on the move that they had to put it down on the way to my house. So sad. And so here you get evacuated from your house, you pack up all your stuff, your dog, and they didn't even make it to my house before having to do that. So my heart really goes out for them. And again, just happy to be in a position where I had um, one of my Airbnbs was was vacant and I was able to just put them right in there. So uh, yeah, again, happy to help. It's devastating out there. And uh, they're just w- one small example of how many people have lost pets. Like we're, we're very fortunate that I, uh, as far as now, there's been no lives claimed, but there's been lots of pets and uh and obviously homes and yeah so it's uh sad stuff yeah i don't know if you guys saw the story that that little schnauzer he was lost but no he came back they found him oh really yeah yeah he was able to survive for a couple days out there in the wilderness by himself wow man so on the little guy these stories get me I like when I was younger, like I was not like emotional at all. Like other people pass away and that stuff. I'm like, that's horrible. But if I watched like a movie and like a dog died, I'm like, done. <laughs> yeah. It's, done. It's really a, like a, a North American thing, man. We like our pets more than we like people. It's very yeah. Odd. yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy, but it's so true. You see a, yeah, see a but, person, uh, you're like, hey, and I see their dog, I'm like, oh my God, hi, like come over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's true. And it happens with me, with my dog, when people are way more excited to see my dog than see me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. So, in, in conclusion, our hearts go out to everyone affected by the fires. We're here trying to do what we can to, uh, to put our, uh, our stamp on this things to try and help people out but 
but yeah, let's uh, let's move to um, back to the real estate side of things so uh, we can start getting things going there. So as mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I listed off a number of uh, episodes where we went a little bit more in depth on some of the, the strategies, some of the methods to actually procure a property. And now we're going to focus on a little bit more of, okay, now that we have a new property, what are some of the things to consider when moving forward with that? So um, good timing for us. Uh, Manny and I, we just closed on our uh, US deal and Janelle is pretty fresh off closing um, her one of her deals in the south end of Halifax. So this is very fresh for for all of us and we're just putting that stuff together so uh why don't we start with janelle what are some of your top things to consider after the uh purchase has been done uh after the purchase has been done uh, i guess i'll just jump back and say that prior to closing i would have contacted contractors and have them come through or show them photos so considering after purchase i would be going there with the contractor, getting them going. So when you're actually starting off, like they usually have a couple more questions. I'm actually having more renovations done to another house next week. So I'm kind of just getting into this round two. But yeah, like when someone gets in there, it's just so important to give them like clear direction and go over the plan, reiterate it, talk about the plan further down the line. It's like, oh, this is what we're doing for kitchens. Okay, where are we getting the cabinets? Like have that discussion right when you close especially stuff they have to like order ahead. And then also just mentioned to just thinking of it now, like utilities, like make sure your utilities are all in your name. And oftentimes, like at least here in Halifax, some bills are a little bit funky that like you have to pay the first one manually. And then you can put the following in uh, like pre-authorized debit or like whatever like that. So that's something to keep an eye out like that first month, kind of checking in on your accounts and making sure everything's set up properly. But yeah, that's some of the stuff that just kind of comes front of mind right now. Absolutely. And um, I guess so yeah. um, just to add to that, so this is how we're buying properties. Um, and especially if it's some people out there where they're doing a lot of the work themselves, or it might be like a, a duplex or a single unit, or they want to be a little bit more hands-on with it. Uh, my advice there would be there's certain materials that you're going to want to order a lot sooner than the other. So the main ones yeah. that come to mind would be the kitchen, would be windows and doors. So all of that, a lot of that stuff's either custom or especially if you're just, you know, putting in old windows and stuff. Some of those things, uh, we've heard the nightmare supply chains of a year ago. It's not quite that bad, but it's still not good. So those are the main things that I would say, you know, let's not put those off because you might get to a certain point and then you're just sitting around um, waiting for those things to come in. So if you can get mm -hmm. uh, off to the races early with those items, uh, a lot of the other stuff you can uh, you can find you know around. So. Deal proper preparation prevents poor planning. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Yeah, I do too. So now that's great. So Manny, what are some of your main considerations when uh, after we've after you've closed? Well, like Janelle touched on, uh, the biggest thing is just like kind of go back to what your plan was and just start to execute. So like what are, I like that you mentioned about the things about the utilities and stuff, because that's something Ian and I, we just kind of messed up on, on our 24 unit that we bought and our tenants didn't have hot water for a weekend. And that is, that is our bad, but, but yeah. So like, let's say you have a property manager, let's say it's a long distance deal. You know, at this point you need to be in very close contact with your property managers, because even though we're not there to manage everything, we have to manage them because if we don't, you know, costs can go up, timelines can 
go long. We really have to kind of stay on on them to kind of make sure the job's done efficiently and, you know, cost effectively. So that's kind of my biggest thing, especially for myself from the get-go. I've always had a general contractor of sorts. Um, I've never really was, I was never really super hands-on with the renovations. It was never my thing. I didn't, I don't know anything. I just, <laughs> I, I know like high level, I know some things, but it's like, I don't know specifically. The hammer things. hits the nail. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, you know, our property managers and the Cleveland deal, you know, we're having calls with them once a week, sometimes even more frequent to make sure everything's in order. You know, the yeah. pro- like the main property manager has an assistant and she's been emailing us almost every single day. Keeping oh, us she's updated. been on. Yeah. And that's perfect. That's what we not. That's what we want. And that's what we need to kind of have to be secure and comfortable. And we, we know what's going on and then we can relay the message back to our investors. So yeah, that's the biggest thing for, for me right now. And that's what I would advise anybody else. It's like, if you're, if you have a property manager or if you have a general contractor handling everything for you, don't just sit back and wait for them to finish the job because yeah. that's like not, I, it's not ideal. I know for my contractor, like I'm, I'm there like every other day or so just like pop in. And again, it's convenience wise, like it is super close. It could be done like a phone call or FaceTime or whatever, but in person's nice. Um, they're always fun to chat with. So. Um, yeah. But it's just nice because like ever, as they go along, like we're kind of making small adjustments along the way and having that discussion of like, okay, like we kind of ran into this, like what's easiest now, especially when you're doing renovations on older properties because there's always surprises. And, and as move along, like for example, the ceiling, I think it was on purpose in this case, but it was like sloped, like pretty significant amount, like nothing straight. Like, so just, we're always sort of adjusting the plan, just making sure it's optimized and, and just kind of making life easier for both people. Absolutely. Cause they like that as well. It's like, yeah. I don't want to be micromanaged, but I want to, you know, have an opportunity to discuss any p- potential changes or anything that yeah. I see or forecast, you know, all that good yeah. stuff. So it's like, hey, like we're running into this, like we're going to make this change and, you know, it's going to change the budget a little bit. And it's just like, oh, pretty, like, okay, like great, like perfect communication. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and I guess on that note, um, so some a strategy that we've adapted. So Janelle and I do this on all of our buildings, Manny and I are now doing this forward is especially in the beginning, we are now doing like a weekly meeting where we have the whole yeah. team. Um, so all of, uh, uh, all of our partners, uh, our active partners, plus the property manager, plus the guy, the, you know, the, the girl or in whatever case, the guy that's, uh, actually chatting with the tenants, the people that are in charge of the construction side of things, we're meeting once a week and we have a checklist that we build and we, d- we just read that off to them the next, le- next, uh, following week is okay this is what we're hoping to get done this week let's shoot for that then we can talk high level you know there's this 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 and this going on how are we handling it what are we doing with it and then we can touch base on you know the tenants touch base on the construction all that good stuff i love those meetings they're not one of those meetings that are just like redundant it's like okay this is getting things done especially in the beginning once the building's a little bit more stabilized your life's good but a lot of the projects that we're buying you need to do a lot of work up front you need that to get the right tenants in or whatever it might be but it's something that isn't just you know lost in an email chain it's actually okay here's the updates here's the goals let's get after them and i just find that's a really good way to uh 
to to yeah. touch base and just keep things rolling. I find like a lot of tiny things pop up in those meetings or like you'll catch a couple little, little things. It's like, oh, wait, like they mentioned something about that tenant and it's like, okay, like, wait, what's going on there? And like, yeah. oh, yeah, like this and this happened. And it's like, okay, like, wait, let's talk about that for a second. Or as you're having that call or that meeting and it's like, oh, I forgot about this little thing I meant to ask you or, oh, did like we were double checking the garbage pickup this week. Like, were you by like just little stuff that you, so I, I find I sometimes like almost pile up for meetings because it's yep. just like so little that I don't want to bother someone, but I want to know about it. Like that kind of type stuff. Yeah. And it's again, just a good way to blast through that list of all these little nagging things. Okay. What are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? And then it's on yeah. that list. So it's not just lost in your mind. Like, oh yeah. It's like, no, this is written down. This is communicated and you yeah. can get some results that way. So Another uh, thing that I thought about too, just because we're talking about property managers, when you take over the building, purchase the building and your property manager are coming on board or they're staying on board or whatever, sorting out that first month's rental payments can be, I'm sure oh, yeah. like you guys are going through that right now, but just the nuanced details of like, we've got to get our banking information. Okay. Like the the bookkeeping is that set up like oh if it's like a rental assistance like is that set up do we fill out the forms to make sure it's going to the new owners like all this stuff and it's like one thing if it's like one or two tenants you bought a duplex and it's like all right you transfer me now like that's great but when you get into like 12 14 20 24 units then it's like this is a, a thing yeah very much so yeah not yeah, and great. I can think of like I'm thinking of a Todd now again like that's exactly it like that's kind of the point that we're trying to make like as you kind of start chatting about stuff you're like wait this too this too um especially that first month depending on it, talking about some bigger buildings if you've made a court for example and it's in its new bank account and it's not in like your regular bank account with your savings or whatever then that first month mortgage payment um especially if you bought like a large building is pretty substantial so again, it's so important to make sure that your rent is coming in because you want to be covering those costs. Like that's super important um, when it's like a five, $6,000 payment coming out and like, you know, you're getting your rent like a, a couple of days of like kind of missing things or things not being on the ball. It can really, really hurt you. And you just, you don't want that. You don't want that like kind of starting off with bad, bad foot with a bank. Like you want to start off well, be like, look, <laughs> we're making our payments just like we promised we would. Yeah. No, great point. Manny, another one from you. Yeah, I guess, you know, after, after you're managing the property manager, like, like we said, it's just kind of staying with it. You know, I've been guilty in the past of like once, you know, like the first month or so I've been, you know, like we said, I'm, I'm on the managers, I'm on the contractors and all that stuff, but just not to get complacent because, you know, after a while, there's no updates, you know, it's like, okay, same, same things happening. You know, we're just waiting for tenants to leave, but also it's just, you know, don't, don't stop like talking with the property managers, like relatively consistent communication is important. And then also if you have investors, like for us on our deal, we have quite a few people that have put money into our deal. It's just being able to kind of communicate back to them, you know, letting them know how everything's going. Investor relations is huge, especially when you start buying larger assets and you have more people on the deal. Like if you have syndications, you know, some, a lot of people have whole like roles or a whole job assigned to just one person. You're the investors relations guy. You keep the people happy. You keep them updated, you know, once a week, whatever it may be, once a month, just make sure you have like a newsletter. Um, like Ian suggested, like what we're probably going to do is like with our weekly call, we're going to record it on Loom and then we can either give it directly to our investors. So you guys can kind of watch the video, see what's going on, or we can just give you like the summary 
you know, a little summary yeah. of what's going on. And I think like that either speaks or. a lot because some investors, they might not necessarily, necessarily watch it, but they're just like, oh, that's so great that that information is there. And if I want to, like I can go back to it. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic that they're doing that and they're offering that. Um, and, even like same thing with like newsletters, like I'll send them out and I'm sure people are looking at them. But I think just that act itself, like, oh, like they're happy to provide clear transparency on like where they're at. Um, that's yep. fantastic. No, we even have a group chat. Like we have a, a WhatsApp group chat because there's not a whole lot of us. It's more, this is really more of a JV style deal. So it's like, you know, the three active guys and then we have four other people that have kind of put money into it. So there's just seven of us. We're in a WhatsApp group and we'll just have conversations in there about what's going on. We'll get people's input. So it's not just like me, Ian and Thomas make all the calls. You know, these guys have somewhat of a say, like, you know, so we keep them updated on really much everything. And if they ever have questions, they can just talk in the chat or they can message us directly and kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Another one that I thought of too is uh, utilities. So again, like making sure that you're paying for the utilities, but then also checking the bill itself. We ran into that issue several times. I've gotten a bill or like gotten an email that a bill's been paid and like this is the amount. And I'm like, whoa, hold on. (laughs) Particularly like water. I don't know if anyone else has as much issues with Halifax water as like I seem to do, but or like the tenants are just using the water, I suppose. But the variation in the bill, like you're saying it's like, oh, it's a hundred bucks, hundred bucks, hundred bucks. And then it's like, it's 300. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like what happened? Is there a leak? Even if your property manager is paying it, like keep on top of it. Like I urge people, you can bleed money that way. You can lose like an entire year's rental income just from like one wrong bill. 100%. My first duplex, the the bottom tenants, they were just running their hose like out in the grass for like yeah. six hours. And I only found out because <laughs> the top tenants didn't like them and they snitched on them and they told me. <laughs> so I just drove down and I saw and I just turned it off and I, I messaged the lady. I'm like, you can't just have this going. It's, it's killing my water bill. Yeah. So I play the utilities there. Yeah. Yep. No, definitely makes sense. Or they had a pool. They wanted to have a pool in the backyard. And they're like, can we fill it up with your water? I'm like, how big is your <laughs> no. pool? Is, is, is it like a little kiddie pool? Maybe. You know, I'm not a, the dictator, but like if, if you got a big ass pool, <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> yeah. Truck some water in for that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not right now. <laughs> no. Yeah. All, all water in Nova Scotia is spoken for right now. No. Don't be saying. Yeah. No, that's great, guys. Anything else uh, we want to conclude with? Yeah, I don't got. I don't really have much off the top of my head. I think we touched on a lot of it. Yeah, I would just. I guess I'll just echo your point about staying on it. Uh, so it's like with all of this stuff, um, you hear about. Well, obviously, you know what we're doing is entrepreneurial and stuff. But uh, to be a good op- entrepreneur, it's like it's not about doing all the work and like you know constantly stressed and all this good stuff. It's about building those systems to make this thing manageable, especially if you're planning to to scale. So it's like that's it. It's like instead of having to go through every email that every product property manager sending us it's like yeah it's set up that hour chat a week or whatever i mean you still want to get the those emails but to to go over every detail of every little thing day in and day out that's going to be really tough so build those systems where yes you can have some more com- uh, efficient communication with the the members of your team investors whatever it might be so like for us you know instead of going to every investor and updating them this 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 and this like we said our system for that is to film a quick video once a week send it out 
done. Way we go. So it's like doing those types of activities as much as possible to make your your investing more efficient is going to not burn you out, allow you to scale and uh, and and just live a better life. So those would be, uh, I think, the best way to conclude all that good stuff. So uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so other than that, we're going to continue down this mini series path where we're going to just go over uh, just a little bit more from our experience, what we've done personally, what we've learned about what other people we know are doing, and just kind of pull back the curtains a little bit for you guys to see this type of stuff. So uh, if you've liked this, uh, this, this podcast here, please give us another five star review, uh, like with some friends, um, all that good stuff. Again, trying to grow this podcast, and uh, we we enjoy doing it. So we like uh, like to spread it around to as many people as we can. So uh, on that, that uh, I would say would do it for us today. So thank you again, everyone, and we'll chat with you next week.